Marketing requires experimentation, but you need solid ideas to base your experiments on. I'm Laura McPherson, an on-demand content strategist and writer working with SaaS marketing teams across the U.S. In this podcast, I interview successful SaaS marketers who share the strategies and tactics that are working for them right now. We get specific and actionable, so you can get inspired and use their ideas in your own marketing. Here's what's working now. If you're a fan of podcasts, you're not surprised to see the growth in their popularity over the last several years. And SaaS marketers want to take advantage of rising listenership. In this first episode of season two of What's Working Now, we're talking about how SaaS marketing teams can use the podcast format to build brand affinity, grow pipeline, and increase marketing sourced revenue. I am thrilled to bring you Devin Reed, who is the head of content strategy at Gong, to share insights from their success with the Reveal podcast. All right, Devin, I am so happy to have you on the show to talk about podcasting. Likewise, it's one of my favorite topics. Awesome. So, I mean, I feel like probably everyone in SAS knows Gong, you guys are all over the internet, (laughs) but... For those who may be new to you um, or new to Gong, can you share Gong's elevator pitch and also just tell us a little bit about your role there as head of content strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll put the caveat is it's a dangerous game to play to assume everyone knows who we are uh, in, in SaaS. I, I might be I might not need marketing at Gong if that were the case. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're, a, uh, we're the leading revenue intelligence platform. Uh, what that means is that we help salespeople be more effective and go-to-market teams be more effective. And so the way that we do that is we automatically capture all of the different sales interactions that happen. Uh, when I say sales, I mean customer success, uh, account managers, BDRs, support reps, anyone client-facing. And we capture all those interactions like phone calls, uh, emails, web conferencing meetings, and even in person when that used to happen and when it happens again. And what we do is we start to showcase to revenue leaders what's really happening on these calls so they have visibility, and then also what's working and what's not at scale. So we're both a coaching platform and a analytics and strategic platform for go-to-market leaders. Nice. Um, My role is uh, I actually joined Gong in 2017 as a sales rep. So I was a sales rep before my current role in marketing, and I joined when we were about 12 employees in the States and 40 globally uh, as the second sales rep. I was on the sales team for a couple of years, helped uh, kind of grow out that playbook. We moved into you know segments like SMB, mid-market, and enterprise. Uh, I drew the mid-market card um, and did that for a couple of years. And then I moved over to marketing, which was literally picking up my desk, walking across the floor of the office and setting up shop on a marketing pod. Uh, where I was a content strategy manager, did that for about six, seven, eight months, hired my first content marketing manager, uh, and have since been you know, growing the, the team uh, and the content engine since then. And so now it's myself with uh, four marketers that work with me. 
uh, and we're responsible for brand building and pipeline gen, um, specifically sales research, social media, email marketing. Uh, we contributed to the event content uh, and a few other hats that I, uh, I keep in, and use in the closet. Nice. Awesome. And you guys are doing a great job, like I said. Today, we're talking about podcasting specifically as a marketing tool. And you guys have been really successful with the Gong Podcast reveal. And I would love to hear about the strategy behind the podcast and how it functions in your overall marketing mix. Absolutely. So the podcast sits at the very top of our funnel. So it's the most top of funnel content that we have. And the way we created it was actually kind of funny. So I had initially pitched um, a podcast to Udi, our CMO, a couple years prior to launching it, um, of which he was like, that sounds good and all, but no thanks. Mm. But there is this uh, new feature called LinkedIn Live. Why don't you and Chris Orlov, who at the time was our uh, senior director of product marketing, who also ran a lot of our content marketing, uh, why don't you all do a live TV show instead? you know, on LinkedIn, uh, to which I blinked a few times after having the deer in the headlights, uh, you know, <laughs> look, because here I was pitching a pre-recorded audio uh, content format and I ended up doing live video, which is very different for anyone. Uh, yeah. Um, so we did that. That was Gong Labs Live. We ran that for a while. And then later, the opportunity to launch the podcast actually started, which was when we launched Revenue Intelligence, our category. And so that was in October 2019. We had a lightning strike event, which was the Revenue Intelligence Summit. It was our first um, hosted industry conference. It wasn't a user conference. It was it was thought leadership and stuff for clients uh, over in San Francisco. And so what we did was we knew we were going to have these great speakers, many of who we paid to be there. Um, and we were like, why don't we, you know, after we get them on stage, just do a quick 15 minute interview. And we're going to make those three interviews the first three episodes for the podcast. And so the goal of the podcast was to evangelize revenue intelligence and provide thought leadership content uh, specifically to senior leaders who would be making the decision ultimately to purchase Gong or not. And so we had folks like uh, Patty McCord from Netflix. Uh, she's the chief people officer. She's fantastic. We had uh, Ed Kalman, who was the CRO at Seismic, who's a client and a partner. Uh, and Mark Roberge, who was the former CM, uh, CRO over at HubSpot. And so those were the three episodes that we used to launch. Um, and then from there, we turned it into an interview style format where myself and Sheena Badani, uh, who's the senior director of uh, marketing and our category designer, we bring on you know the best and the brightest, to use a bit of a cliche, but really these phenomenal sales leaders and revenue leaders onto the show pick a topic to go really deep on so it provides you know actionable insight for our audience. And then we also add a lens of, of revenue intelligence, which is the data, right? So like, how do you measure certain things? What are some insights you glean from data? So we're, again, providing this really useful content, but we're also evangelizing uh, the market as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. So as you mentioned, you know, the podcast itself is about operating based on data, mm -hmm. you know, instead of just guesswork, can you share how you guys are using data to, you know, align what you cover in the episodes with your audience's interests? The way that we make sure that the point of view of the company, right, which is uh, using uh, data instead of opinions, 
is to ask those questions of our guests, right? So for example, someone, uh, the CMO of uh, IBM or one of them, because there's a few, came on and was talking about how to use reference conversations uh, in a sales process, right? So how to kind of use some, what typically is a marketing social proof point in a sales process. And so, you know, we're, we're unpacking that. There's a lot of takeaways. And then I'm like, okay, that is, that's all great. But like, how do you measure that impact? Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you actually look at, you know, whether it be a dashboard or a report or something and actually know that it's working or not, or maybe just other, you know, maybe not outcome based, but just, you know, measuring the fact that it's occurring. Right. So it's really just taking a lot of these uh, tactics or strategies that sometimes, you know, people assume work or are really kind of elusive and saying, okay, but how can you kind of get a data related outcome there? How are you measuring that? And then what's the impact on your business? Right. So it's almost like a mini discovery call of like how revenue intelligence could help them. But we're not pitching Gong at all. And then we don't ask any clients to specifically say they use Gong. It comes up organically. Great. You know, but we're really focused on that. And then this other element that Sheena came up with was uh, these mini segments in the episode. So there's two of them. One is a micro action. It's at the very end of the episode. We just tell people, you know, hey, based on what you heard today, here's something you can go do with it. But for the data aspect, uh, we call it a data breakout. So somewhere in the middle-ish of an interview, there's like a little you know, musical cue. And Sheena and I, uh, one of us, will record a little data breakout, which is where we look at third-party data, you know, surveys, reports, analysis, and sometimes Gong Labs data, which is our proprietary research, and to support that conversation. Right. So someone might say something about, you know, hiring is the most important thing. And here's some stats or, you know, they're kind of just conversational. We'll kind of pause that conversation and go look at some data, bring that into support or to sometimes, you know, kind of just add to the conversation, even if it doesn't directly support the point that the guest was making. Nice. Yeah. And podcasting is the perfect format for that. I mean, you really get to dive in and like you said, it's a great opportunity to talk to people who, you know, are your prospects. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. And what's cool, too, is you can use it to, uh, you know, if there's influencers out there, right, in your in your industry, you can get them on the show, they'll share your podcast. So you get some marketing that way, you can bring prospects that you can't get a conversation started with, or you're trying to, you know, it's really hard to get a CRO of a publicly traded company to take a 30 minute discovery call. It's surprisingly a lot easier to get them to dedicate an hour to build their brand. You know what I mean? Mm Because there's something directly uh, in it for them. And so that's been really successful. And then, of course, bringing in clients who want to be more involved with our company because, you know, they really enjoy the team and the the software we provide. Uh, And it also helps kind of just get another meaningful touch point, you know, come renewal, come upsell, anything like that. Yeah, well, so that's interesting. Let's go ahead and jump then to the the results that you're seeing, um, the impact. Attribution is hard, especially with top of funnel initiatives that are, you know, really designed to build brand affinity, which is what this is. Um, but, you know, you mentioned several of the results that you're seeing. Can you talk a little bit more about that, the impact um, that the podcast is providing? Absolutely. And anyone who's involved in podcasting knows that uh, despite being data focused, there's not a lot of data to be had. Mm-hmm. Spotify and Apple uh, run the podcasting world and they give you pretty high level stats. So you'll see you know, maybe some demographic information like where folks are, maybe an age, age range um, and their gender. But 
you know, I don't get to unfortunately see, you know, did a VP of sales at a target account, you know, did they listen? Right. So, mm -hmm. so there is a, a decent amount of faith involved in that, but there's other things you can look at too. So uh, first, of course, you know, you can see, you know, listens, downloads uh, from Spotify, Apple, and some of the other players. Um, what we've decided to do is track interactions, what we call interactions across all these channels. Now, what those are is any listen on Spotify or Apple, uh, streams on YouTube, because we record in video and then upload. Um, and then we also purchase Casted. I'll get into that in a second. So our goal is just to say, hey, across all of these channels, are we getting more people to listen month over month, right? Because that's a great signal that you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Casted also is this really great company that they're doing a good job. And there's a, a long road in my opinion, but they're leading it is putting another destination instead of Spotify and Apple, sending people to Casted where they host your audio podcast. And if uh, you connect it to Marketo and Salesforce, you can start to see hey, are some of our known accounts and contacts engaging with this content? If so, how much? And then you can do your own MQL magic on the back end to decide how much that's worth to your organization. Um, so we use a little bit of all this and it's still a very, you know, as you know, a very new medium for B2B. Um, but that's how we're starting to do that. Um, the biggest impact has been a, a closed deal, mm. honestly. And that was from getting a, you know, an ICP uh, onto the podcast and we got a VP of sales who hadn't talked to us before and had her talking, uh, had her, she landed on the, um, the topic of customer voice and that was her decision. So, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't spoon feed that. And so we had this great conversation with her. And at this one point she says, you know, Hey, the customer voice is the most important thing to me. And she goes on to describe why and, and how important it is. And, and I'm like, great. So what I did is when the podcast went live, I, I uploaded it to Gong, right? So it's call recording, we uploaded it to Gong, highlighted this section, and I sent it to the SDR and AE on this, this large account. And I said, hey, here's the exact person you want to talk to, basically spoon feeding back to us the value we can provide. Why don't you use this to reach out? And so she, the SDR did, and she did. She got the meeting. It was an enterprise deal. So it took, uh, I think, around you know six to eight months, took a little bit of time. Uh, but they ended up closing for over a hundred thousand dollars, you know, pretty sizable nice. investment. And so did that ever show up on a dashboard? No, you know, we don't have, we don't have attribution for was a get, you know, was a, was a prospect, a guest on the podcast, but you showed this, you know, you, you showed the, uh, buyer journey in Salesforce to the CMO and you show, Hey, we had this interview that started all this and you can track all that in Gong as well. That was an aha moment to say, wow, this thing isn't just building a brand. It's not just, you know, the right thing to do, which I think a lot of content marketing kind of gets put in that bucket of like, you know, it's the right thing to do, but it's really hard to, to measure. And was like, wow, we're actually getting hard ROI and ARR out of this channel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is the ultimate result is marketing source revenue. So that's very cool. Um, and that's a good point too. You can't track everything, um, but track what you can and then if you know these things are working, then these other things are probably happening as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then the other thing is, I mean, we're very active on LinkedIn. And so uh, as our salespeople, our audience, and so we get anecdotal messages or comments or posts, someone saying, hey, I listen to, you know, I'm a sales leader. Here are the three podcasts I listen to. And when Reveal makes that list, I mean, that's, that's huge, right? Someone unprompted is saying, I love your content so much. I'm yeah. going to go post online and other people in their network are obviously going to see that and hopefully listen. And so that's like, you know, if you just provide really high quality, engaging content, it takes time, 
but you will start to see those those posts, those shares online. And whether it's a positive post like that or a negative one, um, my theory is like, you know, there's another 10 people that agree with that. You know what I mean? If someone's bashing you, it's probably probably a real thing. And, you know, for the most part, not always, you know, not always. We all know that's not always true on the Internet. But for the most part, if someone's complaining, there's probably other people who ran into that issue or felt that way and didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, you know, the positive side as well. Yeah. Very cool. Well, that's actually how I found you guys in the first place. I mean, it was one of your customers was going on and on about how great you guys were. And I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> so that's always good how that works. Yeah. So I, I really love that your show has two hosts um, and your co-host Sheena is just great. Um, the interaction adds a really a lot of energy to the episodes. Can you share a little bit about how you collaborate together in planning and production? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll mention there's a there's a bit of a dream team behind us as well. I think it's easy, you know, whoever has the microphone, they assume they do all the work, but that definitely isn't true. Um, Sheena and I got it launched together. And our thought was, you know, she's the category designer. She's a senior leader at our company. Uh, she's fantastic. Fun fact that she doesn't always love I share, but it's, it's so adorable. It's like she wanted to be a news anchor as a child. That was like her goal. Uh, so I always tell her, I'm like, you were made for the limelight. It was just a matter of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. there. But she's fantastic. And um, and then I've been in sales, but I've never led a sales team before. Right. So I'm not, you know, I, I would report, so to speak, to our, our core demographic for the podcast, but I'm not one of them. So we thought, hey, let's, you know, we get along great. We were sitting by each other at the pod for a few months before this thing kicked off. Um, we had a shared vision for what we wanted to do on this channel. And my other thought is like, you know, when you listen to your favorite podcasts, there's a million different reasons, right? It could be more educational. It could be more uh, entertaining. But, you know, one of, one of my favorites is um, Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard and Monica Padman. I'm not sure mm. if you're familiar mm -hmm. with that one. Um, the fact that it's a white guy and an Indian woman has nothing to do with that fact that that's the same demographic of Sheena. And I. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but but the, the point is, even when they're not talking to a guest like Matt Damon, there's a really fun interaction and energy and you find yourself very invested in them too and enjoying that conversation about uh, the main conversation, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, if I enjoy this, other people probably will too. And so yes, the interview format is meant to inform, right? It's meant to provide value, but why can't we add some entertainment element there? So that was kind of the, the mindset around why. Um, in terms of kind of the production stuff, um, you know, I, I do what I'm great at um, and I find people who are better at what I'm not so great at. So, you know, we have an, we have an editor uh, who freelances for us to help us do the, you know, chopping up the, uh, the actual audio. But um, Jordan Feist on my team, uh, who's a senior content marketer, uh, she, ran, she runs the show as of a couple months ago. And so she's done a great job just making sure, you know, we have a very clear list of um, potential guests. You know, we do some outbound. Uh, along with the inbound interest that we get, we make sure that we're balanced between uh, men and uh, or male and uh, females on the show and people of color, like making sure the uh, goals there we're meeting because we want to make sure that, you know, the people we're giving a platform to aren't just all white guys, right? Because we know that that's mm -hmm. potentially, you know, not potentially, is exactly the majority makeup of the sales uh, community. Right. And so we want to make sure we're giving other people a platform as well. So that's a big part of it. And then, you know, we, we just align, you know, kind of monthly. I'm like, okay, what is our content theme this quarter? What are the stories we really want to tell? 
Um, and we're just really, you know, grateful and, and lucky, I guess, to an extent that we have a lot of people interested. So we kind of get to pick and choose, you know, who do we want on the show and, and what story do we want them to tell? Nice. Yeah. And I really feel like, you know, you have taken it next level with making it interesting and entertaining as well as educational. I think that's so important, especially now that there's so many more podcasts is, yeah. you know, how can we actually make this interesting? Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have done that. So that's great. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. What would you say is the most important thing to get right to win regular listeners? I know this is a question that a lot of um, teams have, especially as they're first getting started. Like, you know, how are we going to get the word out beyond, you know, to our customers? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into a podcast. It's, it comes down to two key things. Um, the first is I'm really big on consistency. Um, if people tune in to reveal, if they're going to subscribe, we, we release on Mondays. So they're expecting, you know, however many people that might be, they're expecting a new episode Monday morning. Maybe it's, you know, during their morning commute when we were doing that. Uh, maybe it's their afternoon walk. Maybe it's while they're doing dishes that evening. Who knows? But if we've earned their trust and attention and they're bought in, we need to deliver every single time. Because if we don't, you know, if you go to that new episode and it's not there, well, they still have that 10, 20, 40 minutes and they're going to find another podcast. Maybe they find another podcast and they stay there instead. Now they're the number one and reveals the backup. And so, you know, as a marketer, you have so much, uh, you put so much time and energy into these things. I believe in capitalizing on all of that. The other part is we were, we were just talking about it is the content quality. And I think a lot of, you know, marketers feel like they have to be the expert. They have to be the best at providing this, you know, wh whoever they sell to finance managers or, or you know, I don't know, uh, chief people officers, like we have to have the best insight for them. But if you over index on informational and, you know, you don't put enough effort into the entertainment, you're kind of asking people to like go to class, like to go to school or right. do some like hardcore learning, but people don't want that. Like, you know, look at how we consume content on, you know, Netflix, Hulu, whatever. We in America love entertainment, like, you know, almost too much in my opinion. Like we just really value that. And so instead of trying to be this like expert thought leader all the time, you know, build some, you know, add some personality to it, add some entertainment value, add some fun, mash that together. And that's what will keep people coming back and sharing. Yeah. The first advice I would say is to always go look at what's available to your market today, right? So um, I've made this mistake of like not Googling the names of campaigns or things before you pick them. So sometimes you're like, you know, you're, you're at the finish line, you're like, wait, this already exists. Um, so you want to avoid that. Uh, that was a rookie error I've made once or twice. Um, luckily not for the podcast, just in general. But I would say, is, you know, go look, you know, what is, what is being created for your audience today? Right. What's most popular? What's not very popular? What's just getting started? And the goal is just to understand what exists so you can create something different. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I think, listen and go, I can make it better than that. I can do, you know, I can, I'm a better host or, you know, we'll, we'll do this a little bit better. But being two to five percent better is nominal. That's not, right. that's not going to win people over. 
And so what you want to do is one, you know, see what's going on today to be different. And then two is like, what's your mission? What is your company's point of view? And if you're an independent, if you're an independent person creating a podcast, like why do you exist? Why did you bother other than maybe you just love podcasting, right? And so when you can match those two things together, like my point of view and something different, that's how you're going to grab attention and, and pull people towards you because people love niche content. No one woke up today and was like, you know what? There's not enough content for me today. You know, there's not enough options. Finding, finding something to watch on Netflix is too easy, right? No, it's, it's, it's the opposite of that where people now want very, very specific content and they want something that's different from everything else. So if you can deliver that, you'll win people over. That's a great point. I mean, and that's true of really all content formats, you know, differentiation, conveying your mission and a point of view. But th that really helps set, you know, your content apart. Um, but like you said, especially with podcasting where we now have many choices. <laughs> yeah, there's not a shortage. But but I think too, a lot of people don't create a podcast because they think it's too late. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, there's already so many podcasts out there. But mm -hmm. I mean, there's, that doesn't matter. Like go look at what the top 10 podcasts are. They're probably most like B2C type stuff. That makes sense because right. the, mm -hmm. the audience is the larger. But there's plenty of room out there. There's also... Like, uh, I think it was the Swedish uh, fish guys that were saying this, which was like, there's like a million podcasts as of today, it was like a year ago, but there's already like, what, I don't know, 10, a hundred million blogs, but people still blog, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. there's still plenty of space and especially like every, you know, if it's a B2B company that's listening to this thing, they're making a podcast and you might have 20 or 30 direct or indirect competitors. How many of them have a podcast? Right. Probably not that many. So that's who your real competition is, aside from the entertainment value of like, you know, the big names. But from the actual informative professional standpoint, your, your competition is actually a lot smaller than you probably think it is. Right. Right. And if you can differentiate it, then why not? Why wouldn't people listen? Yeah. <laughs> so. so is there anything else that you'd like to share that maybe I haven't asked about, haven't given you the opportunity um, to talk about? When you give me a mic and an open-ended question like that, I can probably <laughs> double the length of this interview, but I won't do that. Um, now, I would say is like, you know, and this is my point of view, right? So this is the, the platform I stand on is like, you know, most B2B marketing doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it's because it's not effective. It's not hitting the goals that you had uh, set out for, or it's not engaging enough uh, for some of the reasons, you know, we, we just talked about. And so, you know, what I'm really doing outside of just building it at Gong is helping evangelize content strategy, right? A lot of people have content marketing, but it doesn't work or it's disjointed because they don't have content strategy, a core right. why and a how. Um, and so that's what I, that's what I believe. And so as a result of that, I created a weekly newsletter called the Content Strategy Reader, uh, fun, fun pun on my last name. I'm a, I'm a dad and now I can't help but do dad jokes. Um, but it's, it's me just wanting to give back and share like all these content creation tips and things I've learned and, and how I'm building content strategy. So if anyone wants to sign up, if you're interested in it, um, you know, it's delivered every Saturday. I promise it takes less than five minutes to read and, uh, it's completely free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what is the link to that? I'll include that in the show notes. Yes. It's a newsletter dot the reader dot co. Uh, the reader is, is R E E D. ER, like my last name. Uh, and if you're wondering why .co, I started about four years ago and .com was significantly more expensive. So I was like, I'm going to go 
Co and save some bucks. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, we'll definitely include that in the show notes um, so people can check that out. I'm sure it's amazing. Well, thank you so much um, for all of these insights. This has been super, super exciting for me, you know, as I am doing this podcast. And I know that um, other SaaS companies are really going to benefit uh, marketing teams um, because I know that podcasting is a really hot topic right now. More people are getting interested as they see um, the results that you can get with it. So thank you. Of course, of course. I'm, I hope this podcast about podcasting was helpful. Um, if folks want to connect with me, I talk about sales and marketing on LinkedIn pretty frequently. I'm pretty active over there and, uh, you know, happy to answer any questions or bounce ideas for, uh, you know, if you're thinking of creating a podcast or want to take it to the next level. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'll include a link um, to your LinkedIn profile as well. Fantastic. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with me. I love talking shop. Yeah. Thank you, Devin. This is great. All right. I really enjoyed that conversation with Devin. I hope you did as well. You can go to ideallymarketing.com slash SAS podcast, which is all lowercase, all one word for show notes and key takeaways. And like I said, I will be sure to link to Devin's newsletter that he mentioned as well as his LinkedIn profile. So be sure to check those out. And I will see you again next month with another conversation about what's working now in SaaS marketing.